93.3 and AM 560. That is a fact. KWTO. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Here's your weekly dose of Uncommon Sense with Cass. Brought to you by College of the Ozarks. Developing citizens of Christ-like character who are well-educated, hard-working, and patriotic. On 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense with Cass. I am so excited for this week's episode because I have several dear friends of mine that are going to come on the show with us. Um, our first guest here in just a moment, we'll pull her in, is Sharon Wiedelman with the Vitae Foundation, which is an incredible pro-life organization that we're going to tell you all about. After Sharon, we're going to have Congressman Eric Burleson, who's never been on my weekend show yet, which is crazy. I can't believe it's been this long. And we, I mean, he's been on the morning show countless times. He's on every Friday, but now he's going to be on Uncommon Sense with Cass. Super excited to get to him in just a moment here. But first, I'm going to welcome in Miss Sharon to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much Good for being on. Good morning, Cass. I am so excited to be here with you. It's been a while. It has been a while, but I love it every time you're in. And there's a lot going on with Vitae. So first, before we get into what's going on, can you just give people who haven't ever heard of Vitae a rundown of who you are and what you do, what the organization is? All right. Vitae is a a wonderful organization. I'm recently working for them, but I always, since their conception, I've always worked with them. And... um, it is an organization that does right-brained research, and it takes their research and works with pregnancy resource centers and pregnancy care centers throughout the United States of America. And they find out the reasons why women of childbearing years seek abortions, what is going on in their life. And so... What they try and do is get them pregnancy help when they Google that they um, are in a crisis pregnancy. They don't see any light to their life. Um, they they possibly want to have an abortion. Um, they might need medical assistance. And so we bring them to wonderful places like Springfield Pregnancy Care Center, 417 mm-hmm. uh, PCC. Or we might go to options in Branson if they have a Branson. Choices um, and Marshall. Choices, yes. Choices in Marshall. And um, Republic, we have the Pregnancy Resource Center. So, you know, there are wonderful things locally that people uh, can be assisted by. So, um, So it's so very exciting. Yes. And what I love about that is you guys are hitting the nail on the head. If more women knew what services these crisis pregnancy centers offered, they'd be more likely to choose them. But right now, all that they're hearing in the media and the narrative is that these these centers just exist to indoctrinate you and tell you that you're a bad person if you want an abortion. They do not know that places like PCC Springfield offer start to end and post post birth care for a woman to set her up for success, to carry her child to term, and to live a fruitful life as a mother. Exactly. And in Missouri, we have the Meet Life program. And uh, the Knights of Columbus, working with local Catholic churches, raise money for 
ultrasound machines. Wow. And so like um, pregnancy care center here in Springfield, uh, which is right across from where I work um, every day, uh, they got their first ultrasound. Uh, a young woman in Springfield wanted to do something positive as she was preparing to receive her confirmation. And so she ran a marathon and raised money through that oh, to get one of the ultrasounds. Yeah. So this was back in the days of um, Cindy Boston. Yeah. And uh, so they got their first ultrasound through the Meet Life program. And they recently have gotten their second uh, ultrasound. And we know that when a mom uh, sees that baby on the ultrasound, she doesn't then think it's a blob of cells. Right. She knows it's a real life. I'm pregnant right now. And we had an ultrasound real early on. Yes. And you could see arms and legs and a little head. I mean, it was a person. Sure it is. So, with a beating heart. Yes. The, yeah. I had a friend who I was with her at her six-week ultrasound. They managed to find a very faint heartbeat, but it was there. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. That earlier so and earlier, good. all the time you can tell and you can show people that that is a human being. That is a life, exactly. a sacred life. So Vitae has some exciting things coming up. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what's going to happen on August 25th. Okay, August 25th, we have an amazing young woman who will be coming, and um, her name is Melissa Odin. Uh, she is a survivor of her abortion. Wow. She literally lived through her abortion. When they brought her from, forth from her mother's womb, she cried, and the nurse realized she was alive. And uh, the nurse happened to be at... Um, a Vitae event many years ago, well, not many years ago, but years ago, uh, in another part of uh, the state, and the nurse who heard her cry was in the audience. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that amazing? So does she, what the, What kind of abortion was she receiving? Saline. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a miracle. It is a miracle. I, I mean, you know, I mean, you know how God intervenes into yeah. All these matters of life and to have that woman there who embraced life uh, because her, her abortion was being performed in, in a hospital, not in an abortion clinic. I feel strongly that God um, intervenes in scenarios in certain people's lives and um, performs miracles like that where they live to especially equip them people that he's picked out saying that these people are going to be warriors for the cause and I'm going to equip them with a story that they can share to influence and change lives. Exactly. And, and it sounds just like that's what's happened and with that's Melissa. that's what she does. So, so, yeah, tell us a August little bit about... August 25th. Yeah. August 25th, she will be here and um, you can make reservations online. And also online or on Facebook, we have a QR code, which makes it really, really, really easy to reserve... Um, a seat at a table, mm -hmm. and uh, it's $75 per person, and $40 of that is tax deductible. So that is very nice. Um, if you have a lot of friends, so we have different tiers um, that we can help you at, and um, people can get in contact with me. I'm right here in Springfield, and so... Um, I am very excited because um, I'm going to be there helping you. You are. Any way that you can put me to work. And I'm very excited okay. to help with this and hear her story. 
Um, there's lots of other fun things that you guys do with as the yes. Vitae Foundation, and I want to get into these as well. So I'm I'm looking at this wonderful flyer here that I hope goes everywhere. Exactly, it needs to. In fact, I have to buy the paper to reproduce it. On I was given permission to reproduce it right here in Springfield. I, I'm so proud of Vitae Foundation. It, tomorrow, um, up in Jefferson City, because that's where the national headquarters is. They are going to be announcing the preliminary results of a research study that was done um, on women or with women who are black and brown skinned. And um, I I found several young women here in Springfield that um, were so excited to be part of this study. And, you know, they had to be of childbearing years. And so I can't wait to hear the results of the study. Yes, because one of the things that people in the pro-life movement are told all the time is that we do not care about minorities. We ignore all of these statistics that we don't care about them. We don't care about we, we're not actually pro-life because we don't care about their well-being after oh. birth or we don't care about maternal mortality rates. Do you think this study might show otherwise or might show ways in which pro-lifers are actually trying to combat that issue? I, I think it will very much, very much show that. Um, this study will be made available to pregnancy resource centers and pregnancy care centers all throughout the world, not yeah. only in Missouri, not only in the United States of America, but throughout the world, our studies because they're top-notch studies that mm-hmm. are that are medically and psychologically and sociologically performed, they are valued by by people throughout the world. And so, this will be available to uh, pregnancy resource centers, as they say, uh, as part of the Vitae Vaults. Okay, uh, any any pregnancy research or pregnancy care center. It can access it. The other part is the Vitae Resource Institute, and you and I can re- reach the the um, research institute and read and learn about the studies, watch videos about the studies. So um, it's it's attainable for all of us, no matter what our background is. And it's so exciting here on this pamphlet, I'm seeing three different things that say Vitae, yes. Vitae Vault, Vitae Research in- Institute, and Vitae Foundation. What are these three different branches of Vitae, and how do they work together? Okay, the the foundation is what I'm part of, mm-hmm. um, and we have events uh, in many many areas. Uh, the Springfield event, of course, is August 25th coming up. Um, they also have golf tournaments. Uh, in Missouri, I think we probably have four or five. We've tried to get one here in Springfield, but I haven't found a country club that um, has been willing to take Vitae on. So it has to oh, be approved sad. by a board. So um, if anybody out there knows of uh, a, a country club uh, or a golf club that would like to have a golf tournament for the Vitae Foundation, uh, you can reach me, and uh, that would be absolutely wonderful. So I'd be really glad. So the nucleus of everything, it revolves around the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then we have benefactors and donors that donate or give us legacies. 
to do research. So it costs millions of dollars to, to research something. Right. And we have had several people um, that have funded the entire research study. So, um, so we're always doing some kind of research. And this, this big project that's about ready to uh, go into its second stage, uh, you know, costs, costs millions of dollars to do. So right here, if you guys want to be a part of support what Sharon has been talking about this morning, then you can um, go to the Vitae Foundation website, I'm assuming, to find out more about this event, yes, social media feeds. It is a um, an evening where you get to hear from a, a woman named Melissa Odin who survived an abortion attempt on her life. And uh, she lived to tell the tale, and she is going to share with us how important it is to protect every life. And that's Friday, August 25th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the White River Conference Center, $75 per person, $40 of that is tax deductible. So, uh, Sharon, is there anything else that you'd like to share about this event? I would like to give the phone number and um, the um, the address. So, so the phone number is 573-634-4316, and a member of the staff will be happy to talk with you. Um, on our website, you can get the QR code and register, or you can be at vitefoundation.org, and that's V-I-T-A-E-F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N dot O-R-G. So, um, so it will be absolutely wonderful. Uh, we'll have some nice music also. I personally am super excited to be I, there. Thank I'm, you for asking I'm me to come. I'm so excited to have you. And uh, this uh, this will be out podcasted everywhere. So if you guys are tuning in just now and it's live and you guys just caught the end of this, but you want to know more about Melissa Odin's story about Vitae, then you can go to our podcast page, Uncommon Sense with Cass on our 933kwto.com website. And you can um, play this interview back with Ms. Sharon Wiedelman here. And I encourage you to do so. This is a cause that I think everybody who's ever listened to me on the radio knows is very near and dear to my heart with my story of how I came to be in this world. And um, I could not, I could not support anything more than just encouraging you guys to please attend this event. Please hear Melissa Odin. Uh, sounds like she has a really great story. She has an amazing story. So, a story that is not often told because... These don't end very well. Right. And, 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 and it's hard to be that human. Yes. You know? Yes. It's I, really hard. I agree. So, Miss Sharon, thank you so much for being oh. on with us this morning. It's a pleasure every time you're on. I know you're going to be on Wake Up Springfield as well. Or um, Melissa Odin herself is going to be on Wake yes. Up Springfield yes. on the 16th of August at, I believe, 8.15 a.m. So if you guys um, also want to hear her on our radio waves, Wake Up Springfield, 8.15 a.m., August 16th. And then um, also with the Elijah Har Show at some point as well, which is yes. super exciting. Um, all right, guys, we are going to come back with more on Come On Since with Cass. We're going to hear from Congressman Eric Burleson, who has definitely been in the headlines recently with uh, UFO hearings and all sorts of craziness. So what is that about? Why are we talking about aliens in Congress in the same sentence? We will find out from the congressman in just a moment. That was Sharon Wiedelman with the Vitae Foundation. And we'll be right back with more Uncommon Sense with Cass. He makes a way where there ain't no way. Rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no 
Locally made, naturally delicious. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Here's your weekly dose of Uncommon Sense with Cass. Brought to you by College of the Ozarks. Developing citizens of Christ-like character who are well-educated, hardworking, and patriotic. On 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. Welcome back to Uncommon Sense with me, Cass. We just heard from Sharon Wiedelman from the VK Foundation. Super excited that they are coming into town with another great event to share with you all. And now we're going to bring on Congressman Eric Burleson, who I know is a good friend of Miss Sharon Wiedelman as well. Lots of uh, great work together last year and um, in the in the pro-life movement and beyond. And Congressman, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't believe it's been this long and we haven't had you on yet. Yeah, it's great to be on, Cass. I, and Sharon is a good friend. Um, I'm going to be at the Vitae dinner. And so I look forward to seeing anybody uh, who comes and would encourage anybody to get involved and support Vitae. It's a great organization. Absolutely. Congressman, you have been in some kind of uh, crazier headlines than normal lately with this alien stuff that everybody seems to be fascinated by. Some people are like, well, why are we talking about aliens when I can't pay for my gas? And then other people are like, well, finally, they're finally admitting that they're real. Can you tell me kind of um, where all this started and why it's important to you? To me, Cass, we're... It began with the whistleblower. There was a uh, an intelligence official who came forward. His name's David Grush, and he appeared on the news. And when he came on the news, he said that he hired an attorney and you know following all the proper paperwork as a whistleblower because he said that the law requires uh, the Pentagon and for military and for the Department of Energy to cooperate and provide information to Congress, and that they were hiding. And, uh, and and not providing information to members of Congress that are extremely important on, when it comes to this um, this topic. And, you know, and so I, as a member of Oversight, I reached out to him and had a conversation and, and learned enough that I feel like we need that we needed to have a hearing. And so I reached out to the chairman and myself and Tim Burchett and Ana Polina Luna and requested a hearing. Now, to me, and I probably have a more unique stance of other members in the hearing, I'm a skeptic. I don't know that I ju- I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that the, these objects that we're seeing or that have crashed and we're researching, I think it's really far-fetched to jump to the conclusion that this is extraterrestrial. Mm-hmm. And so that, if you watch my line of inquiry, that's that's what I said. And um, but at, but to me, what's most important is to understand and, and get a grip on how much money is being spent, because every year the Pentagon fails its audit, and they have not had a clean audit in a long, long time. And when I say they fail it, that means what I'm saying is that they lose billions of dollars every year. And that we we just don't know where that money's going, and so and the Pentagon can't won't tell us where that money's going. We I feel like there's a lot of money that's clearly being spent on these programs, 
there's a lot of activity, but Congress is being held in the dark, and that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable to the framework of our government, and it's not acceptable to the constituents that we serve. It's our job to be the watchdog over taxpayer dollars, and if I can't, if they're not giving me the information, I can't do that. Right. So this is a lot less about little green men from Mars and a lot more about making sure that the government is taking care of our money and and, and being transparent and honest with the American people and not lying to us. And, you know, people are trying to skew this and make it sound like it's some ridiculous distraction. And I'm somebody who's the first to say that if the government's doing something weird, it's probably a distraction. But knowing the source of this, um, you can say with... uh, with a lot of confidence, right, that this isn't some weird, like, smoke screen, right? This is just a an honest-to-goodness trying to hold the government accountable? Yeah, absolutely. The, the, of the three witnesses, you had two of them who were <clears throat> military pilots, um, one who has firsthand footage and eyesight of, of the vessel that is famously called the Tic Tac, not to be confused with TikTok, like Tic Tac, like the candy. And it, it, the way he describes it, it looks like a propane tank that's, that's flying through the sky that defies normal aviation technology. And so I have, <clears throat> I think it's fascinating. The footage on that, that device is fascinating. I don't dispute that he saw what he saw or that the footage captured what it captured. I just think that to jump to the conclusion that this is extraterrestrial is a is a, a big jump that I don't think we need to be making until we fully know what that you know f- fully have the device until I see it and and convinced I'm not going to believe that it's extraterrestrial. Right, because um, he said non-human biologics, but what does that mean? Is that a bird that went kasplat, or is that actually something? creepy and weird and from outer space like what does non-human biologics even mean yeah that's right and oh now you're talking about david grush who was the intelligence official who came forward and he's talking about um he's learning so when he david grush's testimony is secondhand testimony so he has interviewed over 40 different people with different agencies of the federal government and from those interviews is is derived the information that he's providing to Congress. And that's where he said that we have non-human biologics. Well, okay, what does that really mean? Because now we're playing the telephone game. We're not talking to the person who actually has seen those biologics or, you know, handled them. We're talking about someone who's heard secondhand what what that other person has has seen and touched. Mm -hmm. So to me, I want to... I want to get more details. He said that he's, when I asked for specifics, he wouldn't provide it. And to me, that's a little bit of a red flag, but hopefully whenever we get into a skiff, he will, you know, totally pull open the kimono and and tell us everything that we need to know. Yeah. And during some of the footage, I noticed that you were sitting um, pretty close to Congressman Matt Gates, who has had his fair share of time in the spotlight he um in a clip was seem seems pretty convinced about something um a little weirder going on. He seemed like he had seen enough. What was the scenario and what was the environment that brought forth his opportunity to see things that you guys weren't able to see? Did he see yeah, things he, you didn't? 
so he had constituents in Florida that were that worked in the military that had seen UFO activity that had recorded that activity, and then they they were reporting to their congressman what what was happening at Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. Hmm. So when he he then um, asked for a briefing, they asked for the footage, they asked for um, any doc, like the radar um, document documentation. And, and they, so then when they arrived at Eglund, they were, the, the eyewitnesses were not available for them to talk to. They, they were really denied everything. And then until they said, we're not leaving here. And, you know, he's an attorney. So he did what he said, what he needed to say to force them to provide, uh, let them see the video. And he, and according to Matt Gates, what he saw, he cannot describe. And it, but, but it does, it looks like nothing like what he has seen or knows about that the military is working on. Interesting. Now, and I think that that is interesting, but Cass, let's keep, I, again, and the skeptic, let's keep this in mind. We have all of these private contractors. The uh, big named companies, okay? So, for example, Lockheed Martin built the SR-71 Blackbird, and it was in use in the 1950s. No one knew about that device until the the 1980s, okay? So it was in use for nearly 30, 40 years before anybody, before before the military admitted that this advanced weapon existed okay or, or surveillance tool that was that was a long long time ago you can, one can only imagine what private the private sector can build today when we're in a place where we have um we are using quantum computing okay people like if you actually research what quantum computing is it'll blow your mind how advanced that technology is uh we're, the fact that we have ai in commercial use, okay? Not just private sector skunk works, but AI is now in commercial use. We have quantum computing in commercial use, okay? The fact that they discovered the Higgs boson, which is a, you know, a total revolution in science. When you think about it, it was during World War II, I don't know if you've seen Oppenheimer, you'll, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, that not long after they were able to demonstrate the splitting of an atom, they were able to quickly ramp up production and build the the nuclear bomb. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't, once you have these discoveries, then, then all of the, the scientists then start coming to the conclusion what they can do with that. And I think that, which is why I have a lot of confidence in what we're seeing, um, that I have a lot of confidence in the American ingenuity and our private sector to be able to build things that are advanced that we, we don't know about today. And that's, they have no obligation to tell the federal government what they're experimenting on, mm-hmm. what they're building until they start selling it to us. And so I think that it very well could be that you've got companies that are building these devices that are not prime time. They're not ready for them to demonstrate to the military or to you know, anyone who might be a buyer. Uh, and I think that, that what very well could be what we're saying. 
I kind of hope that our military does have some tricks up their sleeve that we don't know about because that means our enemies hopefully don't know about it either. And that maybe makes us stronger. Maybe it makes us more tactical. Um, but I, I agree. It's, it's too much to jump to the conclusion that this is little green men from Mars when there's so much more to the story. There's so much more to be considered. And the headlines have just gone crazy with this. I do want to shift gears and pivot to another topic here for just a minute. Um, on Uncommon Sense, we tend to be less newsy and we tend to talk a little bit more philosophy behind why um, why the political world is looking the way it is because everything is downstream from culture. And so I want to ask you, as somebody who campaigned on being um, you know, a conservative for Congress, I'm conservative Eric Burleson, I, I've, I've gotten wary recently of how often the terms progressive, conservative, liberal, Democrat, Republican, libertarian, you know, populist, all of these terms that people try to categorize people in are being so overused and under under understood, if that makes sense, that I I want you to take a moment to describe to our listeners what you think it means to be a conservative in today's climate and what conservatism is not and kind of talk about people that are saying, oh, I'm a conservative I'm a libertarian, blah, blah, blah. Do are, are they really, what does it mean? And how, how are you putting that into practice in Congress today? That's a good question. So to me, um, a conservative, it can, if people debate about it, um, if you go back to, uh, Burke or, or Locke or some of these great philosophers that, um, that were kind of the, the cornerstone of defining what conservative is, um, I think that to me, it's, it's, it's really not about uh, what the, I think the misconception is that it's about slow walking, progressive political um, actions. So the, it's, it's some people view it, view it wrongly that conservative is, is basically a let's slow this progress down. Like let's, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that's, that is, that's a false, depiction of what a conservative is to me, a conservative is someone who is trying to conserve the, the origin and the, of the rights of man. Okay. It's trying to conserve the concept that, that will happen with the great experiment that is America, which is that we, this, this idea that our rights are given to us by God, not by man. And that we institute a government in order to protect and preserve those rights. And so if you, if you're a conservative, your, your belief is, in my opinion, that, that that is your responsibility and goal is to conserve the, the fact that each individual is basically its own sovereign government. Like you are, you're to be, make decisions for your life under the direction of your maker according in which all falls under Locke's second treaties on government. Okay. And then if you are responsible for your actions and you take responsibility for your actions, that's what we're trying to conserve, which is what I think is a, an amazing, amazing revolutionary thought that, that uh, government is, is real. The power political power is not derived from the government. It's derived from the people. You, you yourself have political power, including speech, our religion, 
um, the press, right, to petition your elected officials. And your elected officials work for you. You don't work for them. And so that's, that's the concept to me. Uh, and why, and what, if you want to get really deep about it, the question is why? Why do people, why do we think it's so important that people have um, the ability to choose, to have freedom to, in order to do what their, their creator wants them to do? And I think that the reason is that we, we, were, we were placed here on this planet not to just breathe air, but to be virtuous people, to do virtuous things, do good things. And you can't be a good person if you're forced to be good. You know, people in prison um, are forced to be, to be good and behave, right? And so, to me, having, free, having, having the freedom and the ability to choose from the, the bad outcome or the, or the good is, par, is part of why we're here. And so, yes, what, in, in a way, what that means is that you individually are, were placed here given these rights, given these freedoms in order to serve God in, in the way that God and, and under the direction of God that's working with you in your life. And it's not for government to get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. And so to me, conserving that is what being a conservative is, about, is all about. And how it comes out in function is, is things like, you know, it's not government's job to tell you what profession you're going to be or what you know, career path you have to take. And so it's not, and it's not government's job to pick one business over another, right? It's not the job of government to tell you what, you're, um, what you can say on the internet, what you cannot say, or say to your neighbor what you cannot say, what, what God you will worship or what religion you'll worship or what you can't. That's not the job of government. And so that's what, in my mind, that's, I know I spoke a lot, but that's the way I view conservatism. I find it really interesting that what you just said is what a lot of young people think it means to be a progressive liberal. Like, you know, they, they think that liberalism is this free, freeing, um, do whatever you want, leave me alone, the government's so tyrannical. Um, that's how they view conservatism. But what you just described is the definition of government get off my lawn and let me be um, my own self-governance. And so how have we gotten to the point where all of these definitions and understandings of different schools of political thought have been so skewed to where nobody understands the other, right? How have we gotten here? Yeah, I don't, I think that, there's not a lot of thought put into the different ideologies. Probably our public schools don't do a good job in that. Um, but I will say, in my opinion, when progressives say it's like they're the champions of liberty and things like that, it's, it's the question is to what, to what end? So they will say, um, you know, it, it's liberty is or freedom to do, be able to do things that are uh, it really – um, not in one's best interest, that's not seeking virtue is the utmost goal. And, and my opinion is that virtue is the ultimate goal. And so that means that we want people to have the liberty to make decisions, but what that is 
what's integral in that is the person has to take responsibility when they make a poor decision. When you, when you make a life choice, for example, to, to, uh, smoke, uh, smoke things or to overconsume or, uh, to not be healthy or to not save your money or take on too much debt, you made those choices. And if we're going to live under a society that we protect people's rights to be able to make choices, you're going to have to let people suffer the repercussions of the poor decisions that they've made. Otherwise, we are, that person will then place their, the repercussions on the rest of society. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so the whole idea falls apart at that point. To me, that's what progresses. That's their philosophy is that people, sadly, that they don't think that people should be responsible for the poor decisions that they make. So, so what the outcome is, okay, these poor kids that went to college and took on too much debt, let's pay off their debt, right? Or people that have chose not to go and work hard and get a career and, and made bad decisions, made bad life choices, they're not, their income levels are not where they should be. Let's swoop in and, and erase all of that and equalize everyone, right? Take from the, from the hardworking and the, and, the, and the wealthy and give it to the poor or, or the people who are not working very hard. Uh, not that those are the same, but I'm saying this idea that government is going to be the one that, that determines the outcome and equalizes the outcome completely erases the, the, the idea that people are motivated by um, or make decisions based on virtue and outcomes. Yeah, it's it's something that I think is um, is a hard question to answer. At least I find it hard to answer when somebody asks me, well, Cassidy, if you say that you want small government, if you say that you're a conservative, why are you trying to, um, you know, legislate morality, I guess, is, is one of the um, questions I get. Like, why would you say that, we can't, um, you know, give our our children uh, gender transition surgeries and hormones. And why why is that? Why do you care so much about um, abortion? Why do you? How how would you answer that when somebody comes to you and says, "Okay, so your government get off my lawn until it comes to abortion, until it comes to um, transgender practices and things like that?" Right. I think it to me as a believer, it goes back to the Garden of Eden, and uh, and I say this. Look, let me give you the analogy. In the garden, God placed Adam and Eve. He gave them total freedom, total discretion. They could do whatever they wanted. They could eat from anything. And, but, but then God said, but there is one tree that you are not to eat from. And, and, he, and but Adam and Eve, he, he, I mean, at the end of the day, God could have made Adam and Eve in such a way that they, that he would have programmed into them that they would never eat from that tree or he could have completely made it unavailable. Um, and so that's something that God could have done. He could have like completely taken it away, but instead it was available. He made it clear. He, he allowed them to do it. And, and they, but it was their choice. They made the decision. Now, here's what I will say. As a lawmaker, some of the things that I notice about that, that situation is that he didn't place trees everywhere. So temptation was not everywhere. It was not pr- 
pervasive in everything they do. And, and it was obvious. And, and, and also, these were not people who, they, they, they were at an intellect where they were able to make a conscious choice. And that's, I think, the design that God wanted. He wanted Adam and Eve to be at a place where they fully had the understanding and capability to understand the choices that they were making. And so, as a lawmaker, I think of it this, in these terms. Do, we, do I want to stop people from, from, um, from being involved in pornography or, um, or other things? I, I would prefer that people don't do that, and I prefer that it doesn't exist. Now, uh, but I think that we have to give people the, the opportunity to make that virtuous choice in and of itself, right? Now, that being said, there's got to be parameters about that. People can have that choice, but just like God put one tree in the garden, not many, I don't think that pornography should be prevalent everywhere. We shouldn't walk into a gas station and have to hide my children's eyes from, from thing, images that are pornographic or just out and about in society. A person who wants, wishes to do that it needs to be at a place where they're making a conscious decision and going out to do, to, in order to do that and knows exactly what they're doing. It shouldn't be available to children. Um, and so that, if, does that give you an idea that, yeah, um, yeah. That's good. of what the goal is? is that it's not to take away everyone's complete ability to, have, to be able to make a, a non-virtuous decision. It's just that we don't want to live in a society where that your liberty and your liberty to be able to have access to that tramples on other people's ability to want to avoid it. Right, right. And that was an argument I made the other day to somebody that um, was, uh, they accused me of not uh, staying true to my faith when I said that I think drag shows should be legal if they're in um, restricted venues with age-restricted access. They're like, well, that's not good enough, Cassidy. And I was like, that. What I'm saying is protect the general society from the perversion. But if an adult who is a consenting adult in the United States of America wants to go engage in um, moral degradation, they're going to have to go to a place where it's kind of hidden from the general public walking by. That was what I was trying to explain. And I think you explained it much more brilliantly than I could have ever. Um, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate your time this morning um, coming on the show and um, talking about some of these more difficult discussions that um you know there there are so many hard questions to answer when people start accusing conservatives and r honestly just center right thinking people in general of um being bigots and hateful and racist and all of the other horrible terms that we get thrown around and then they try to trap you into arguments that you can't um or you have a hard time answering i appreciated you taking the time to kind of um, dissect those and help give us some um, better tools to uh, have some civil discourse with people in. Um, thank you so much, Congressman Burleson, for being on Uncommon Sense this morning. Thank you, Cass. I appreciate it. We will be right back with our third and final segment of the morning. Don't go anywhere. They aren't going to provide much relief as they're only going to dip down to about 70 degrees. For Fox 49, I'm meteorologist Matt Huffner. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much 
Here's your weekly dose of Uncommon Sense with Cass. Brought to you by College of the Ozarks. Developing citizens of Christ-like character who are well-educated, hardworking, and patriotic. On 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. All right, we just have a few more minutes here on Uncommon Sense with Cass this morning. I really enjoyed having Miss Sharon on, and I'm actually going to be helping out with that event on, um, I believe it's August 25th, um, for the Vitae Foundation Banquet. Very excited about their special guest speaker that is coming in. She seems incredible. And um, she apparently, like like Sharon said, if you guys didn't hear her interview, go back and listen to the podcast next week. But she survived a chemical abortion and lived. And so she now does speaking engagements for the pro-life movement all the time, everywhere. Can't wait to see her. And I will be helping and volunteering at that event as well. I also am speaking. I'm the keynote speaker for... Um, a, a banquet coming up, um, I believe September 19th, um, for the Choices Pregnancy Care Center out of Marshfield. And I will be, um, sharing my story that evening. If you, um, when, whenever that event posts live for people to be able to purchase tickets, I would love to see you guys come out and support Choices Crisis Pregnancy Center. They are a small town crisis pregnancy center. So they are not going to have the same sort of support and resources as some of the big cities. Um, crisis centers do so the more support that they can get the more people that they can get to come out and purchase tickets to their fundraiser to donate to them the better i am so excited to support them and i'm so excited to support the vitae foundation in their extensive pro-life research and assistance to crisis pregnancy centers all over another event i'm extremely excited about going to that's coming up is the national young republicans conference and i am the national committee woman for the state of missouri for the state board of young republicans i also run our local chapter southwest missouri young republicans shameless plug you should join us 18 to 40 years old you can come and be an official member or you can just come hang out with us without being an official member at any age um we are doing a super exciting event um on august 23rd we are having a live watch party for the presidential debates, the GOP presidential debates. That's going to be held at Big Whiskey's in Nixa. And so if you guys want to come hang out with a bunch of young Republicans and watch the presidential debates live, you should absolutely do that. We will welcome you with open arms. But this Dallas conference is great. Vivek Ramaswamy is one of the keynote speakers. And I really hope I'm there for, I'm going to miss a few days for our honor flight of the Ozarks Radiothon here at the station but when i finally get there i'm hoping that he hasn't already spoken because i am becoming a a lot bigger of a vivek ramaswamy fan than i was in the past when i didn't really know who it was i was like who is this guy who does he think he is running for president but if you listen to this guy he is brilliant he's fantastic and young and vivacious and very sharp with the business knowledges and all sorts of things. I think I just used the word knowledge in plural. And I don't think you're allowed to do that. Come on, Cass. You're a radio host. What are you thinking? I was on the DeSantis train, as you guys all know, major. I was like never getting off the DeSantis train. But man, Ramaswamy, he's really picking up the pace. So 
He's going to be there. All of my friends from across the state of Missouri for Young Republicans will be there. And I will take lots of pictures and I will take lots of videos and I will report back after I return from that conference. There is a black tie event that night. And so I have to find a dress that I can wear with my pregnant belly. That's like a gown. But we will figure that out as we go. Guys, I have very much enjoyed this episode of Uncommon Sense with Cass. As you know, you can catch it on a podcast form sometime in the next week. We will get that up on social media. Follow us, Uncommon Sense with Cass, on Instagram. And actually, I don't have an Instagram yet. I should make one of those. On Facebook, follow me. Follow the station, 93.3 KWTO. Follow Wake Up Springfield, the morning show I'm on the rest of the week. Okay, forest animals, today is a new day. Kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow. Yes? Have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. Okay, river. Dude. How's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. Perfect for a little riverside shoeless relaxation. Ah, good. Owl, you here? Cool. Who's asking? I am. Look, you know the drill. Sleep during the day, scare the kids at night. Perfect. I love my job. Uh, oak tree? Stop. Still in the same place I left you last year. That's what I like. Consistency. Well, it's not like I'm going anywhere for the next couple hundred years. I know. I love it. Uh, turtle. Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, he's late every morning. You'd think you would have learned by now to leave the night before our meetings. Okay. Squirrel, has anybody seen Mr. Squirrel? The forest has been preparing just for you. Visit a forest near you today.